bars. Candy bars. Oh, yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Paid Church Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? You know, there's buddy? some little old lady that is downloading this podcast for the first time, and she's like, what is this? And immediately deletes it and goes and listens to the next one on the list, because that's that's just weird. I'm sorry. Chris, we're talking about display today. <laughs> we're talking about kind of audience targeting, kind of Facebook. And before we get into it, I just have to call you out. Everyone thinks you're this nice, good-looking, former boy band kind of guy, J.C. Chazé. And you're not, dude. Like, on Facebook, you're kind of mean. Like, the other night, I cooked uh, meat <laughs> sauce and angel hair pasta. I was proud of it. It was so good. I might have it again soon. And I posted a picture of my dinner to my friends on Facebook. And I got all these nice comments, all these nice likes, all these nice questions like, oh, what recipes did you use? What sauce is that? And I engage with my community. And then this little comment comes down at the bottom like, Facebook sucks and you're part of the problem or something like that. Chris Schaefer. I was like, and no one liked it. No one responded to you. I didn't respond to it. I didn't, I didn't try to make you look better than you're making yourself look bad. Like, I was like, if he wants to be a jerk, let all my friends know he's a jerk. I I know. Why did you post that on my food picture? I, because I don't like food pictures and I was, (laughs) I was trying to discourage you from ever doing that again. And I know now that we've talked about it, you're going to do it more, but yeah. Why didn't you like that? I didn't know. No, don't show me a close-up of what you ate for dinner. Don't you want to get recipes and like... No. Oh. Uh-uh. Oh, I thought that's what people... Like, I like when people share no, pictures you, of food on there. What? Why? Why do Why do I care? Because it's cool, because I want to get recipe ideas and see what my friends are eating. I promise you this. Every time I see... I don't check Facebook often. But when I do, and I see food on the top you of my feed, comment on I will say stuff. something mean every time. <laughs> all right. Bring it, because part of the problem. You're part of the problem. Well, thank you, Chris. So, um... Before we get into the content today, Chris, I want to go back to reviews. Chris, I, I made a little bit of a sarcastic complaint a couple of weeks ago about us going from 70 to 71 in the course of a week, and that's not good enough. So they bumped us up, Chris. We got 74 reviews now. So I appreciate that, guys uh, and gals out there. And I want to read one of our recent ones on iTunes, iTunes Review. So uh, Will626 writes in a five-star review. The title is, Has Become One of My Favorite Podcasts. Maybe he's missing an S there. Have not found a better podcast on AdWords. Both Chris and Jason give a lot of information that has helped me understand AdWords a lot better. On top of that, these guys are really funny. Their personalities fit perfectly well together. Will, thank you for the review. And Will, I got to say, it's not easy to make this thing look like a meshes. You should see this guy before the show. He gets angry. He accuses of me of very, very dark things. <laughs> And he and he's just he's difficult to handle and work yeah. with, but uh, we get it done for you. Yeah. So thank you for that reviews, guys. The number one way you can show appreciation for the show is leaving us a review on iTunes. I love seeing those. We're making the push to 100. So let's get to 100. We're at 74 now. So thank you for that. Now today, Chris, this is not for kids. This is not for people who give up easily. This is for the real strivers out there. Mm. How to seriously make a best effort at the display network on Google. I'm not just talking about only remarketing. I'm talking about display. But before that, Chris, I just want to point out to everybody, Facebook. Facebook is this growth machine. They're going through a little trouble now, but 
They're going to get past it. Everyone loves spending their money on Facebook. Everyone loves firing me and Chris and say, oh, we're going to Facebook because we're getting a lot of engagements and likes, blah, blah, blah. Hey, people, wake up. Wake up. Sheeple. Wake up. Google Display Network was the original Facebook audience content targeting. Boom. Okay? Boom. It's right there in front of us. Truth bomb. Thank you. More websites to advertise on. 95% of the internet. Yes, it's everything. More people to be in front of. I'm going to say it. So, yes, I like a little Facebook mix in there. I'm doing a little Facebook. But we have this whole display network on Google that we just don't talk about a lot as an industry. So let's talk about it, Chris. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So, Chris, when I proposed this episode to you, you said abusive things to me, Mm -hmm. as you normally do behind the scenes. I always speak to you. Yes. And then you got past that and you said, why? Why, why? Why are you in a display right now? And I said, Chris, let me tell you why. Because I am working on B2B campaigns for myself. I am a business. I'm looking for other businesses to give me money. I want to offer a service to them. This is called B2B. I'm doing search campaigns. They're working great. That's all good. But I want more, Chris. If I can get some of these bees out there, it's going to be the bees' knees. I'm going to have so much money. It's not even going to be funny. Oh, <laughs> so, Chris. Just to be clear, B2B, I know some people aren't in the lingo. B2B means business-to-business marketing is what he's referring to. Continue. Yes, I'm looking for other businesses to work with my business. And I'm not just looking for any business. I'm looking for a very specific kind of client, and it would be really good for me. And I'm tapped out on search. I'm doing all I can. I want more, Chris. And so I have this display network out there. of the internet, I know these people are out there. It's all about playing the game and figuring out how to get in front of them. And I know if I can do that, I'm going to make a lot of revenue. So I'm motivated. So the whole point of why do the overall display network, Chris, it's for B2B, I think. At least that's how I approach it. And it could be for B2C, but it's when you have a super valuable opportunity and you want to get more of it, it's getting on the display network. But Chris... One thing we got to give people a warning about is it's not easy. It's not guaranteed. So why don't you break that down? Why is it so much harder than search? So we talk about this all the time, but to make sure we don't leave anyone out that's new, there's a difference between search terms and keywords. In the search network, you are able to look at the search terms, which are the searches that someone does in Google right before they click your ad. So if they type in movers in Oklahoma, you can actually see that they type that in, okay? This is the most granular aspect of quality control of your campaign that there is, and my expectation is ever will be, because you can see what the intent of the person was at the moment of the search. When we talk about display, to be clear, display is not on Google search. It's everywhere else. It's the ads that you see when you're browsing a blog. It's the ads that you see when you're reading a news article or when you're reading a forum or you're just doing a Google search and you click a non-paid ad and there's a little pop-up that says, you know, buy these shoes. These are display ads. And the problem is it's difficult because we lose that granularity of quality control. There is no search term to know that that click was from this person with this type of mindset. Okay, A person could be viewing a news article and click on an ad, and that same person could be viewing a music video about their weird music preferences and... That's the same person, but you as a marketer might interpret that data differently, right? The, the difference is 
it's the same person with the same interests and they see your ad and click on it, but it's really hard to granularly associate that this is a good click and this is a bad click because you have no verifying data to do that. Chris, it is torture. Like if you're torturing someone and you point a gun at them and you say, give it up and they go, movers in Oklahoma City. That's what search is. They just give it up. But display is just you're like waterboarding them. You're breaking kneecaps. You're electrocuting them. And they will just not give it up. It is torture, dude. Like, you have to figure it out. That is the greatest. What a wonderful metaphor. Analogy. Analogy. Whatever. It's both of them. Metaphorical (laughs) analogy. Um, (laughs) Isn't that true, though? Like, on search, they just, you don't have to torture them. They give it up. They tell you the secret. They tell you in search what's in their head and what they want. But on display. I'm on day seven just socking them in the skull. They're unbroken. They haven't eaten in four days. I'm punching them in the face. They're like, no, not going to give it up. Not going to tell you if I was looking for a mover. Or I just accidentally clicked that ad because it had like a a pretty girl in it. And I just, you know, was hovering over it. And, you know, I didn't even realize what I did. And by the way, you can kill me, but there's a million other of me out there. And you're going to have to get through us till you have a proper sample size. You'll never break us. Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's tough stuff. So, Chris, the thing people need to realize is that when you come to Chris or myself with the search campaign and you have a business and people are out there looking for your business, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out the search campaign. It may take one day. It may take a week. We're going to figure it out. But with display, it might never happen. This is a long-term testing kind of thing where you're going to have to take a lots of different shots, lots of different at-bats, and you may never get it. But the reason why I personally am trying right now, Chris, and the reason why people try is because if you are successful, the combination of high traffic volume and low cost per click means that there's a ton of opportunity here, Chris. And I was just, I don't know if it's a curse or a bless, but when I talk about being locked in the room and having those task managers like just drive me to three in the morning managing their campaigns early in my career, they figured out a display one that I worked on, Chris. And it was a placement one and they were like making hundreds and hundreds of dollars off customers and the cost per conversion was like $34 and it was on display Chris wow it was on display and it was on a placement and I saw it work with my own eyes they were spending like 30,000 a month I saw it work is that a curse or a blessing I don't know but I saw it early on so I know it's possible Chris and I'm just going to be that guy on the search till I'm like 85 just trying to figure out display so Chris How do you judge success with display? Break that down. Well, in reality, the best success comes from a sale, a lead. In in AdWords speak, it's conversion. So ideally, a successful campaign for a display campaign would be conversions. Now, the difference between a display campaign success and with a search campaign success is a search successful campaign might have a 5% conversion rate, might have a 10% conversion rate. And that would be successful, you know, driving great lead percentages, you know, getting lots of qualified traffic and people are converting and buying and, and calling your, your phone number. That's great. On the other hand, a display campaign could be just as successful, but have a conversion rate of 0.5, 0.1. You know, something like that. The cost per click is so cheap. Yeah, because the cost per click is so cheap. So, you know, let's say your cost per click is $10 for search. You spent $10 and you got one click. 
which is in today's world, it's entirely possible. I mean, that's not too bad of a cost per click, honestly, for some industries. Right. On the display campaign, you might be spending 50 cents, 75 cents, something like that. So you can get 10 time, over 10 times, maybe 15 times the number of traffic. And if you convert 0.5 of that, you've already beat this search campaign that's doing 10 times less, but right. generating at a higher conversion rate. Here's a hard thing, Chris. When you're in that search, when you're in the testing phase and you're trying to figure out what's going to work on display, you might not be getting any conversions. So what do you do to at least know you're going in the right direction? Um, what I like doing, Chris, is importing the analytics data and looking at bounce rate, pages per visit, and time on site. And that at least points me in the right direction that maybe I'm not getting conversions at this point, but wow, this little kind of targeting is leading to a much lower bounce rate. And these people are spending a lot of time on the site. The conversions will come. I like looking at the analytics data until I figure out how to get conversions because it points me in the right direction. Yeah, when it comes to granularity, I talked about this already, is search terms in the search network is going to give you a granular view of what the person's thinking when they come to the site. And I would say, Jason, the most granular non-conversion metric in a display campaign is probably what you just said, Google Analytics, bounce rate, time on site, and uh, number of pages visited. It doesn't tell you what they were thinking, but it tells you what they're thinking and how they're reacting to the content on your site. So which is essentially saying, you know, do they like it or not like it? Well, right. And to be clear, Jason, what, what would you hope would be a minimum bar level to see from a display campaign on bounce and time on site and stuff like that? Bounce, 97. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> bounce, Chris, if I see 80s, something in the, with an 8 instead of a 99 or whatever, something in the 80s, I'm a little bit happy. If I see something in the 60s or 70s, I'm ecstatic. Like I'm doing ecstasy with Kesha blasting in the background. Oh like, like if I see 60 or 70%, we're having a party. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and the, the day I see less than 60%, I'll give you a call. Yeah. Because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's certainly going to be something to write home about if you see bounce rates in the level that you would see in a search campaign. Because right. most people, I would venture so far as to say a lot of your clicks are less intentional than it is in search. Because, Jason, you know as well as I, how many of those toddler apps and, and junk sites, you know, game sites and stuff like that, that you get these clicks from. And so right. it's hard to get a really low conversion rate because it's impossible to block everything that's going to be Low junk. bounce rate. Yeah. Low bounce rate, yeah. What, yeah, sorry, I said the wrong thing. Now, Chris, time on site, really anything. I mean, oh, bounce rate at 100%, that means you get zero time on site. So if I see 30, 45 seconds, I'm in the right direction. Yeah. but. Where I do get excited is when I see like 60 seconds is nice. But when I really get excited is when I see three digits, like two minutes, 120 seconds. Oh, man. Yeah. Two, two minutes is a long time. That's, yeah, certainly. Long time. Yeah. I mean, if there's a video on your site, if there's, you know, multiple pages to go through, absolutely. That's, yeah. So that's I, I like stuff. seeing triple digits there, 100 seconds. I mean, imagining paying, you know, 50 cents and having someone stay on your site for, you know, a minute. Shoot. I mean, I'd pay that all day. Somebody will, will bite eventually, you know, for 50 cents a Someone's going to bite. Someone's going to come back and read your new blog article. Someone's going to look up your podcast. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to tell a friend. It, it, they're doing something. So, 
Chris, one way to just right off the bat block a lot of bad traffic here is to add the adsenseformobileapps.com. We'll put a link in the show description, which is in your podcast player, and it's also on YouTube. We'll put a link to this article on Google's help. But what this does, if you don't want to show up in mobile apps, which I never do really, you may want to, but I don't, instead of blocking one app at a time, which I see people do all the time from their placement exclusions, you can add one placement exclusion, adsenseformobileapps.com, and you'll never show up in an app again. Yeah. Uh, so I like doing that. Now, Chris, our first targeting thing here. I know you are a man of pure diversity and pure equality because you don't like messing with it on your campaigns. Demographics matter, bro. And I'm going to give you some data here, bro. Tell me. My all-time stats for remarketing. This is just an overall remarketing campaign. This is over hundreds of thousands of impressions and almost thousands of clicks between these two topics or these two age ranges. For my website, for pure remarketing, Rothman PPC, 35 to 44, and then Chris's age bracket, the higher end of it, 45 to 54. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that is not. YouTube knows. Look at this face. Um, Chris, so 35 to 44 versus 44 to 55. My cost per conversion, and I'm talking leads here, bro, because I know how to make remarketing work, is $52 in the 35 to 44 range mm. over a lot of data. Yeah. My cost per conversion for 45 to 54, people like you who don't know how to thumb through a lead form because you guys are so old, $375, Chris. Mm. And I didn't get a lot of conversion. So I've excluded 45 to 54. Wow. And and it doesn't make sense because you would think, oh, those are the business owners we work with. I don't know why. But for right now, my general remarketing campaign, they're not filling out forms. Yeah. We're calling. So- Anyway, that's some real data, Chris, on your demographics. So think about men, women, think about different age groups on your display campaign. If you're doing B2B, why are you targeting 18 to 24-year-olds? They don't have Bs. They don't have businesses. So think about your demographics, parent versus not a parent. Chris, very weirdly, uh, talked about toddler apps earlier. I don't know anything about that. But if your business has to do with all that, you can focus on people who are only parents if you're selling a product to parents. Um, so those are your demographic options, Chris. Now, Chris. And now I want to say real quickly, Jason, you and I talk a lot about demographics in the search campaign. It's a completely different world with the display network because in the display network, you it is a endless bucket of opportunity. You're never going to be so specific with blocking out all parents or all non-parents, or an entire age group. We're going after Even just... Even unknown. Yeah, because you will always have plenty of volume for people with you know this very narrow thing. But if you were to do that in search, you very likely could get up you know having issues getting impressions at all. So that, that is that is a great point. We always tell tell people in search, yeah, even if you play around with demographics, be ca- very careful with unknown because that's half your traffic in display. I block unknown sometimes, Chris, because really getting rid yeah getting rid of half the display traffic is still. It's still a lot of yeah, display traffic. Still, out there. Yeah, getting rid of of half a billion, you still have half a billion. Right. Chris, let's get into specific display targeting options and how to look at them. The first one we have to talk about are placements. So placements are where you type in specific websites that you want your ads to show up on, Chris. If I'm trying to get in front of moving companies, I might find forums where movers talk. I might find websites that where you can sell and, and buy trucks because a lot of movers will be on there. Those are placements. And Chris, the thing about placements... You definitely want to try to find some of them on your own and target them. But then 
placements are kind of like search terms where no matter what kind of targeting you're doing besides placements, you're always going to get placements data. Uh, you're always going to get search terms data on search. You're always going to get placement data on display. So you can look at what your other types of targeting are getting and find placement ideas to pick out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys that listen to the show all the time, you know, we talk about using the search terms to find new keywords. New unique search terms can lead to new additional keywords that you have. So flop it over here. Now, now we're talking about display network, essentially search terms equate to placements. So now as you're running campaigns based on, you know, different types of targeting, you'll find a new placement that you, wow, that's a really cool site and a new cool yeah. website. And that's a certain placement that you want to do. You grab that placement and start targeting that placement exclusively. So it's the same way that search terms lead to new keywords. Placements lead to new placements. And Chris, it really is cool because what I like doing is I like looking at my remarketing campaign. In this instance, we'll be talking about moving companies I want to get in front of. And I sort by conversions all time, Chris, or for a large time range on placements. I sort by placements that have actually been bringing in conversions. So listen to some of these websites, the way some of them sound. And again, I'm trying to get in front of movers. And I didn't target these websites. I just showed up on them because of remarketing. AutoZone, Chris. Movers need to repair their trucks all the time, can get in front of them there. Maybe I'll put that as a placement idea. Moving Guru, that sounds like a site I might want to get on with placement ads. And then Commercial Truck Trader, moving company owners will be there looking for trucks. That might be a placement idea. So I love looking at my placements list that other targeting methods are getting me to show up on and then picking those out and trying to target them individually uh, as placement opportunities. Now, Jason, when it comes to placement spend versus interest or keyword targeting, contextual type of stuff, I mean, I assume your placement spend is probably a lot lower than your others because it's probably a lot easier to get you know half a million impressions on contextual targeting for display compared to uh, individual placements for you know four or five different websites. Now, Chris, that is true. Like I'm looking at a certain display campaign I'm running right now for myself, B2B, and my cost per click on keywords, 96 cents. In another keyword ad group, $1.32. In placement, 77 cents. So I definitely can get a lower placement cost per click if I want it. One thing to keep in mind though, Chris, is that some websites really, really are valuable to be on. And there's a lot of people that are going to want to be on them. And so sometimes you actually do have to bid super, super high on placements for super valuable sites. One thing I have noticed, Chris, placement click-through rates can be horrible. Yeah. People are on certain websites for because they want to be there and they're not really motivated to look at ads. And sometimes I get like click-through rates of like 0.01. Sure. 0.04, like really bad. Yeah. Uh, but it still pays to be on them. Just to be clear, uh, we talk about click-through rate. I would say, and I've read plenty of Google documentation that says this very clearly, throw click-through rate out the window when it comes to uh, uh, the display network. It's not a measurement of quality when it comes to display network. We do talk about it in the search campaign as a factor of quality score, but click-through rate, unless you're going to completely say I'm wrong here, I'm going to go ahead and say it is not a factor of quality score. No, I completely agree. Um, Okay, you're making that face at me. I'm like... I know what I'm talking about here. No, I'm messing with you, Chris. Now, what I have heard is that on search, we have the 1% threshold. That's what you don't want to be below 1%. Usually you want to be above it. I've heard on display, Chris, 0.1%, 0.1 as opposed to 1 is the corresponding threshold. But like you're saying, that's just theoretical. Because if I do have a placement I really like 
and I have a 0.1 or 0.01 or 0.03, not even close to 0.1, I've never made a decision to stop targeting it because I want the traffic. I can't see that that is a bad thing because I've worked with plenty of clients that don't care about clicks and they're there to get eyeballs. They're there for branding and awareness. And, uh, you know, it's more about impressions and awareness to them than it is for traffic. And Google knows that, you know, that's very much a, uh, there's plenty of very high spending corporate clients that will focus on that entirely because it's their brand that they're interested in. They can get the traffic, but they just want to keep the brand in front of people. Right. Now, Chris, we've talked about placements. Let's get into your favorite keyword contextual. This is something that a lot of people, Chris, they, they confuse because it's so close to keywords on the search network. So can you kind of being very sensitive to people's confusion, can you kind of break down what keyword contextual is on the display network and how to avoid getting confused with search? Yeah. I mean, that's me, Mr. Sensitive. So listen up dummies. This is how it works. Keyword contextual is a reference to the fact that you are using the keywords to match the content on the site. Um, Now, what happens is you use a keyword to match to a certain theme. Okay, so you put a keyword in here and Google says, oh, this keyword matches this type of theme for this website and therefore it shows an ad on that page. It's not because the person typed that into Google. It's not because that keyword is necessarily on the page. It takes a keyword and converts it to a theme and matches a website that's converted to a theme and those two themes match. Okay, there are tons and tons of different themes out there that Google will match a website to and, and a group of keywords to. So don't don't confuse keywords in the search realm in the same way that you use keywords in the uh, display realm. Right. Now, Chris, keyword contextual, there's no match types involved here. You just put the keywords in with no characters with them. One thing to keep in mind is to keep your ad groups tight. So if you're... I don't know, if you're trying to get in front of people who are looking for government jobs, you have an ad group that says government jobs. You have people that are looking for temporary jobs. You have an ad group about temporary job keywords, temporary job placements, how to get a temporary job, temporary job openings. And Chris, what's interesting, if you look at the placements on those keyword contextual ad groups, it's not 100%. You'll have some weird looking websites in there, but it really does find websites that are and, and pages that are related to your keywords, yeah. in my experience. You'll be surprised. I mean, you'll say, wow, I mean, that's a really specific website and Google will find it. You know, you might end up adding that as a placement. You would never find placements yep. like this on your own. And, and just this is not at all something we had talked about saying, but I want to get it on the on the audio here because this is important. You do not start a display campaign by going out and generating a list of 200 placements that you want to do because there's no real way to know which one of these are going to work better because the display network is not the same way as doing keyword research. You're not going to do placement research to find the best, you know, 400 uh, websites that you want to show your ads on. If, if you find five to 10, yeah. you're good. Yeah. It's and, hard to find five. And, and then good luck because some of those may not accept the ad sizes that you have or the ad types, or maybe they're not even. Or they accepted. say anonymous. Yeah. 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 You know, you're not going to get the data that you want. So just to be clear, placements are more part of the optimization and the, and the tweaking part, less about the initial setup and the launching. Right. Now, Chris, keyword contextual, this is besides remarketing the number one place to start, I think, on display when you're on this big hunt for these hard-to-get leads from display. Uh, just a little data on a campaign I'm running this month. 
my bounce rate is about 76% on keyword contextual and my time on site is 52 seconds. And that's the average, Chris, over 150 clicks here. So keyword contextual, there is a promise there. Like yeah, if done absolutely. right, it can work. And, 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 and I think the value, Jason, is there's a difference between what we're going to talk about next, the topics and interests. And there, there's a defining difference between showing ads to people that are viewing pages about a certain topic and then allowing Google to show ads to people it considers to be interested in a certain topic. What we're talking about now is keyword contextual, which is focusing on the content of the page. In a minute, we'll talk about topics and interest, which focus on the activity or the interest or the history of that person's browsing. So, Jason, well, let's ahead. let's get into that, Chris, because then we can talk about remarketing at the end. Now, I wrote down topics and interests, and you know what, Chris? I didn't even put much to say about them because yeah. it's so big. There's so many different topics, and just to be clear, topics are the websites, correct? Yeah, topics and interests. I'm sorry. I'm lumping those together, but you're yeah. right. I shouldn't have. Topics are actually referring to the content of the page. I, I said that wrong. Interests are actually referring to the browsing history, the interest of the person themselves based on what they're looking at. And that's the one that's pretty much most close to Facebook because you're looking at the actual person. What is this person interested in? Are they about to sell real estate? Do they need a moving company? Do they like fast food? Do they like sports? Yeah, fast food junkies and, and music aficionados, stuff like that. I mean, this is where you're going to really get... If you want to blow through several thousand dollars really quick, put no impression cap, you know, a dollar bid and throw some interest targeting for a display campaign and watch the money disappear. Because in America, there's a lot of movie enthusiasts or there's a lot of people who might be in the market to sell their house or they might be interested in insurance. So yep. uh, topics and interest, Chris, to be honest, I don't have as much experience with those as I do with keyword contextual and remarketing. So all I can do is encourage people to just be careful with those because they're big, but to try them out. I would just say my experience is um, I treat them a little bit more like broad match. Okay, I, I'll throw them in, but I'll have a lower bid. I do not want them to outbid my placements for sure. My, do, my, do you ever get um, massages? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think you would because you are just a guy who likes control. Like even on the wild, wild west of the display network, you're trying to control things as much. I like putting in my little contextual keywords. I like controlling my placements. I like my remarking list. I'm not just going to trust you, Google, that this person's into uh, insurance products yeah. or they're into show me the data. Yeah, show me the data, yeah. Google, because I don't believe it unless I see it. So absolutely. Okay. Uh, don't send me massage coupons. So, yes, topics and interests. There's a lot you can do there, but just uh, test it out and see what happens. Now, Chris. You can combine different strategies to narrow down your audience. That's always fun to test. Uh, a nice thing about display is that you can test ad copy very quickly. You get a ton of impressions. You can do even text ads or responsive ads. They have an ad builder in there. You can test out tons of copy. Chris, I have two more points. Remarketing, this is the number one thing on display. Chris, no offense, I just got a call from someone, a very valuable type of client today, mm -hmm. or I got a lead form on my website. It came through a remarketing campaign that I'm running. So I paid for it, but the first comment on the lead form was, I love your podcast. <laughs> okay. So he could have gone either way, but who had the remarketing ad up there, Chris? That's fine, because you know in, in the Bible, it talks about Saul has his thousands and David has his 10,000. So I'll be David, you be Saul, and that's fine. How about I'll be Abraham and you be my son? Chop, chop, baby. You don't think I know about all that. We talked about this last week. So Chris, remarketing, but here's a, here's a tip for everyone. Don't just remarket on your main site. 
Remarket on individual different pages on your website, different service pages. So if I have a page on my website about moving companies, I'm going to do a remarketing campaign to people who have specifically seen those pages. If you're an HR company and you have a page about temporary jobs, create an audience for people who viewed the temporary jobs page and make ads just for them. That works really, really good and pretty much almost as good as search. Like we talked about before, 13% conversion rates, like cost per conversions that are on par with search. It really works. Now, the final thing, Chris, about display is that it really is bid sensitive. Like if you up your bid on like keyword contextual from a dollar or 80 cents to like $3. Oh gosh. You're going to get a ton more traffic. Yeah. If you up your remarketing from like $3 to $12, which I do and Chris hates, you will get a lot more traffic. And what the way to pay attention to that is add in the display impression share lost due to rank. Add in that column. It's just like search impression share lost due to rank, but it's display impression share lost due to rank. And that'll kind of tell you, okay, you're missing out on 50% of traffic. Raise your bids. You can get a lot more traffic. So bids are sensitive. And guys, that's it. Like, I don't have all the answers here. I just am pointing out on this episode that if you have a really valuable customer type, whether it's B2C or B2B, and you want to get more of them and you're tapped out on search, the display network is just sitting there waiting to be tapped into. It's huge potential, but it's really, really hard to figure out, and you may never figure it out. But I hope some of these tips helped. You know, it's just amazing. I'm so glad to be sharing a podcast with someone who will literally share something that is an important item to them, not something that's a year old or some little backseat little item they're going to just share. But this is literally something that you are doing now. It's interesting to you now. It's, it's driving value for you now, and you're going to share it with people. That's that's awesome. So five-star reviews for that. Thank you, Jason, for yo, yo. sharing that because it's not yo. something I pursue myself, and I appreciate you venturing into the Wild West of the display. Well, you network. know, I give a little, and I want you to give a little. So I want you to venture into a couple's massage with me. I'm going to buy it for us when we meet. You know, we're, we'll, we'll come near the 150, 200 episode milestone. We, we'll, we'll finally meet. And it'll give us a chance to relax together, to reflect on the podcast, and to uh, really uh, unwind. So, Chris, thank you for being here. I know you got to go. I know you have a CrossFit session coming up. Uh, he was checking his app earlier, everybody. He was seeing where his stats are. He has this little thing. He, he sees where his stats are. His little profile picture is the same picture he uses for our podcast. Come on, Jason. Cool. B- boundaries here. <laughs> oh, you don't think I'm holding stuff in? Oh, uh-huh. You don't think I have yeah. more to talk because, about? Because you... You're angry about that picture on Facebook, aren't you? You're still angry about that. I'll tell you, I'll go on the massage with you if you promise never to post another picture of what you ate. Deal? No, can't promise that. Uh, okay, it's post over it tonight. Then. Forget yeah. it. Chicken. Uh, We're having chicken tonight. <laughs> All right, so uh, just like everything, he's stolen uh, my move here. It's fun to look at that empty. I just, I just realized you don't oh, have the back. button to stop has- the show, so I'm just going to stop it. <laughs> All right, guys, have a All good right, one. See we'll see you next time. Train wreck. Train wreck. <laughs>